0: back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Freedom Warrior Podcast. My name is Derek, and today on the program, I'm going to touch on a few subjects more broadly, um, just speaking about uh, geopolitics, uh, feminism, uh, our fragile way of life. Um, I, I speak on this because President Trump is over in uh, Vietnam at the moment in uh, Summit 2.0, North Korean dictator uh, Kim Jong-un uh, meeting with with him and you know that makes me think about a lot of different issues on the subject of geopolitics and the American way of life so uh, just diving right in uh, this is this is more just shooting from the hip today I'm not diving into any stories i just going to talk from my experience uh, working uh, in the army and also at the Pentagon uh, in the Department of Defense, and just seeing this culture that we live in and and seeing our way of life. So, um, I'll start out by by addressing North Korea. <clears throat> Still getting over that cold uh, from like a week and a half ago. Anyways, um, North Korea has been a threat for some time now, and uh, one of the primary threats they are to us uh, is more just uh, not it has nothing to do with nuclear, uh, even though that is a threat. But uh, they could wipe um, they, they could wipe South Korea out um, pretty quickly. Uh, maybe not the, the country, but certainly Seoul. Um, there, it's right there across the border. They have a lot of artillery uh, already lined up ready to go should anything happen uh so it's a very tricky uh scenario they've done we've done a lot of different war games uh which are basically just uh mock simulations of what would go down if we were to engage with north korea uh they end in disaster almost all of the time so north korea a war with them is definitely not a uh a good route to go but neither is uh coddling them you know capitulation and just giving them everything they want and and getting into this vicious cycle of caving to a dictator who is basically uh treating his people uh worse than worse than than dirt um that's an understatement so do i have a solution to this no i don't if i did i would probably be running uh for a higher office or i would be in a more uh a different field, just this would be my lane of expertise. It's not, but I have uh, awareness of it. I've been around it. Uh, being in the Army, you're always uh, one PCS away from mo- from moving to, you know, the, the border of, you know, uh, North Korea, essentially. Uh, so anyways, North Korea right now, what's happening with, with Trump is is actually pretty positive news. I'm skeptical about it. Uh, about the intentions of kim jong-un but it is something that needs to be done so for the past you know 30 plus years we have been giving them everything i mean we have caved on everything and allowed them to advance to the point of being a nuclear armed country uh and they are a rogue regime they are not a regime that can be trusted with nuclear arms uh You'll hear a lot of uh, liberals or lefties say, well, we have nuclear arms. Yeah, and we're not North Korea, okay? So uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. If you actually see, draw a direct comparison uh, or correlation between us and North Korea, um, you're, you're, you're challenged. I'll, I'll leave it at that. If you, if you don't see the obvious uh, differences between their regime and our free country, uh, that is more prosperous than any nation on this earth, uh, more more charitable, more uh, likely to help others. Um, that you know, we basically defended all of Europe uh, for for the past uh, di- uh, I'll say century. I mean, we've 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 helped Europe for the past century or more. Um, you know, or it would be completely uh, radically. Uh, Change the the territory lines and everything, and that kind of brings me back. Pardon me, brings me back to the issue of uh, feminism. And and you're probably wondering how I'm going to tie this in. Well, I think a lot of people look at our society and take things for granted. Uh, I don't think that, I know that that is something that is happening. Uh, Not across the board, not everybody, but it is happening. And uh, I think a lot of people build their worldviews on top of these assumptions, these things they take for granted, such as uh, economic prosperity, such as uh, freedom, such as uh, stability and sustainability. They take a lot of things for granted. The fact that we haven't had a major war in the past you know, several decades. Um, You could call Vietnam, obviously that's a major war, but um, going back to world wars, there were two of them in the past century, or in the last century, I'll say, and those world wars were life-changing. I mean, they they shifted the world, they shifted views, they shifted lives, Um, they shifted nations, and we haven't had that so far from the year 2000 on we had 9-11 but since the year 2000 we're now approaching the year 2020 and we are almost one-fifth of the way through this next century and still no world wars things are relatively stable and it's a perfect breeding ground for um, you know people that take things for granted it's a perfect breeding ground for all kinds of dumb ideas to Come to the forefront when there are all of these uh, luxuries they enjoy that aren't actually that natural in human nature and human uh, existence. Stability of territory is not particularly that natural for humans, meaning we just agree that our boundary is here and your boundary is there and that's just what it is. Well, that's pretty uncommon outside of the past 50 plus years, uh, 50, 60 years. So there, up until then, you know, people were constantly invading others and uh, attempting to conquer other uh, nations and uh, territories. That's not particularly that uncommon. Uh, so now that we have had that stability, a lot of people take that for granted. They think it can't ever change. Uh, it could change tonight. And I've seen this from being inside of the the military, just how fragile some of this is, uh, the amount of preparation that goes into ensuring, uh, you know, a a proper and adequate uh, and overwhelming response to anyone who would dare challenge us as a nation. uh, That is something that, you know, worries me, because I realize that you know, we don't have a perfect silver bullet here to end uh, any problem that comes up. There are some new challenges that are that we're facing these days. Uh, so that technology is making it quite difficult. Actually, it's actually our enemy. Uh, we were very good at traditional military force, and now we are allowing uh, people to trail us. I'll, 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 I'm trying to think of the word that they referred to them as in, um, one of the recent reports I read, but, uh, close trailers, uh, people who, nations and, and, and actors who are playing catch up, but they're, they're running not that far behind us and technology is helping them catch up even, even closer to us. And if we stumble at all, they're going to be dead even with us. So often we we talk about near peer adversaries, obviously, uh, you probably know who those near-peer adversaries would be. I already mentioned them uh, with, with, uh, well, with Russia and uh, China. But, um, but more broadly, just anybody that, that has a computer these days can be a, a, a near-peer adversary in that domain. And uh, that's kind of scary because we're very vulnerable in what we uh, have to protect. We have a lot more to protect than, say, North Korea. Uh, North Korea has like 13 or 20 different websites that their um, their their citizens, if you want to call them that, uh, can go to. And they're all propaganda. They're all state-run. But, you know, what do we do? Can we attack that? Can we attack their networks? Can we, you know, yes, we can drop bombs and stuff. But what about in the future when the fight is brought on, on a technological front? What do we do against someone that has nothing to defend? When they have people that can attack what what we need to defend, and they can do it very well, uh, so that is a problem, uh, you know, that could possibly disrupt our way of life and way of um, looking at things and our stability. But uh, I, I see a lot of people, uh, and I go back to the feminists or feminists going back to feminism, and a lot of these people just think nothing will ever change. They think that if uh, if you know, men and women are equal in every way, and, and we just need to um, kind of get with the times. Well, I guess my, my take on that would be that, no, actually, I think you need to get with the, the, the times and the reality that uh, times can change. And what happens if we go back to a, a different period of time? Maybe we won't, we'll always move forward, you know, laterally in time, but I'm saying, What if things change? What if, what if, you know, I mean, look at Rome. I mean, Rome fell apart inside of like 50 years, essentially, their influence, their territory and all that. Uh, So the Roman Empire, if that can happen there, I don't think that technology necessarily prevents us from having something like that happen here. I think it makes it actually more likely, maybe not more likely, but more difficult and complex to address. Uh, if if anything does happen, we're going to have more to deal with. We're going to have bigger problems. Um, kind of like in the era of um, before Y2K, people weren't worried about, you know, if the computers went down because they were doing everything in, on paper. But now there's a bigger concern. What if these systems don't work the way we need them to work? Well, it's only going to get worse as we get into the world of AI and automation. So... Uh, there are some big things that could poss- possibly send us tumbling downward if we don't, you know, look at them and address them, and and have proper decision making and and really uh, take caution with with what we have in front of us. And my my question I would pose to the feminists is: What happens if we do go back to a darker time? What happens if? Uh, what happens if we have the world war 3 we've had one and two two of them inside of one century i think feminism dies a quick death if w- the world comes crashing down in any real way and i'm not talking an apocalypse i'm not talking any you know sci-fi stuff i'm talking just humanity being you know humans being human humans going to human so what happens when nations for whatever reason, get into it with each other and just poop hoots, poop hits the fan and we need, we need our strongest, we need our quickest, we need our most dedicated uh, citizens to, to stand and fight and uh, to prevent us from going back to even more darker uh, times. Because what happens if that, what happens if we don't have people to stand and fight? You know, do you think it's not, un- do you think that it couldn't happen? Do you think that, you know, China or some other country could not possibly invade the United States? Do you think that's, un- like, it's impossible? Do you think they would just wouldn't want to do that? Well, then why did the Japanese attack Pearl Harbor? I mean, why did we ever have a World War Two? You don't think that, if you don't think that can happen. So, I just want to um, emphasize how fragile our society is. And it's so important for our president to be, uh, you know, engaging, trying to to get rid of some of these problems or at least diminish the possible um, worst regrets. I mean, minimizing our maximum regret. That's what we need to do. Um, You know, our maximum regret would be a full-blown war of some kind with North Korea but it's not just North Korea. There's a lot of other nations out there. Um, right now, the focus is our near peers. And, you know, what would happen if they took advantage of our, uh, you know, vulnerability, our, our, our you know, reluctance to modernize our forces, our, our military, uh, our, our reluctance to modernize our technology and keep up with the threats that they uh, pose? Well... I can tell you, if we if it goes to down that road, goes down to those uh, dark times, we're going to have a large swath of our population right now who would not be ready to fight, because we have a lot of just everybody gets a trophy. I'm offended about everything. Uh, I'm seeing, I saw it infiltrating our uh, armed forces, just just for my time in the army but what about the people that aren't even in the army like could we actually draft people these days and have have a, a standing army that would contend with like China I don't think so I don't think we would I think right now given the culture we're in there are people who would actually sympathize with China uh they would sympathize with our foreign enemies because they think we're that bad of a nation. And that's the problem with the opposite of nationalism and and patriotism. Uh, The opposite is hating your country and people who hate their country are not eager to go give their life for their country. They're not eager to defend it, meaning they're willing to just concede and let it slip away. Well, that's a really scary thought. That's a really scary thought that, you know, you have such a, a large swath of our population that aren't even proud of our country and want it to be harmed, to show that they're right, to show how horrible of a place we live in. Well, if that happens, I fully expect our enemy to take advantage of those uh, mindsets, take advantage of that weakness, of those weak-willed uh Americans who refuse to like appreciate what we have and I I see that a lot in the feminist community obviously but I I just it's such a stark contrast between that and reality and what what could happen I mean what would happen if tomorrow tomorrow we were at a full-blown war with China would feminist ideas even matter would they matter one bit the idea of you know would we would any of these like uh you know diversity initiatives and in, and in, in our various HR departments matter no cuz you're all going to war i don't care what color you are we 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 need the strongest men will will utilize women as well but i'm telling you if it goes back to the dark ages the medieval times just cuz there's technology involved doesn't mean that human nature isn't going to still, you know, play a role. It's obviously going to play a role. It's the, It the, plays the biggest role in war. It plays the biggest role in human interactions, interactions between nature, uh, nations. Human nature is the absolute biggest uh, in, influence in what happens between other humans. And, you know, when we get to that point, you know, there, there's going to be a shift in mindset. And I almost fear that there's no way to get back to the, the proper mindset, I'll say. I don't think there's an, a perfect mindset, but I'll say proper in that I think you need to have a certain percentage, I'll say, of the population, you know, that have a, a foot on the ground, you know, that are, are somewhat grounded to history and seeing what humans are capable of. In order to prevent that from happening, and I think when you get into the realm of feminism and some of the far left, um, you know, radical ideologies that are out there, and the and the sentiments toward their own nation, uh, you get into that, and you're really um, far away from from reality when it comes to uh, what can happen between humans and nations. You are completely out of touch with things. And that's a danger, that's a vulnerability, that is a weakness of America right now, and it's something we have to address, and we have to address it now. Uh, so hopefully Trump can, can make some progress over there. I, I don't have my hopes up, I have my hopes up, but I don't, I wouldn't, I'm not holding my breath about it, um, but, you know, hopefully we can settle that down, and maybe we can stop uh, with our foreign policy, uh, where we, you know, basically give a bunch of dictators all kinds of uh, leverage and and we stopped doing that like down in in, in Venezuela obviously Trump is is pushing back on on uh, Maduro and that's good um, you know but we should have been we need to be pushing back on on these folks that that you know possibly want I mean I won't say want to tear us down because that Maduro and Venezuela don't but you know I'm talking about the countries like China and Russia like we cannot uh, take these lightly, these threats lightly, and we need to stop condemning ourselves for eternity and having this aggressive, um, you know, attitude towards our own country. We need to be able to, uh, you know, look around the world, appreciate what we have, and realize that at any given time, this powder keg could blow. And we really need to, to, to think about that before it happens. I mean, do you remember the, the morning of 9/11? you remember looking at the TVs and looking at all that? It could be that times 10. It could be that times, you know, whatever the number would be. I don't even know if it's even a number you could put it, could calculate, you know, a full-blown war with China or, or Russia or something like that. I mean, we are, our, our society would be changed forever and it could happen tomorrow. It could, it really could. I know people don't think it could, but it, it truly could and, uh... You know, it's about time people start taking it seriously. Uh, so on that note, that's that's it for that rant. I can't do any more uh, right now. I just, you know, it, it's something to, to keep in mind. So maybe um, just take this moment to appreciate what you have and maybe even just crack open a history book or, or Google some some history, although be careful because some of it gets a little uh Rewritten, I'll say, by some of the uh, more left-leaning scholars who, who try to, uh, you know, make America look a lot worse. But don't even look at American history. Look at look at the Roman Empire. Look at things, you know, in history that have fallen apart in a hurry. And look at, uh, you know, how that could happen here. And think about that because. I think a lot of feminists don't. <laughs> a lot of a lot of uh, people on the left really don't think about that. They think we're we're destined for this perfect trajectory or journey toward progress to this perfect utopia of like eventually we'll get to this just ideal society. No, actually, uh, we're probably more likely to fall apart in the future than we are to find some utopia. You're in the utopia right now. This is as utopia as you're gonna get. I mean, we're in the best country on Earth by far, by most in any measurable uh, metric. But even if we weren't, you're on Earth right now during one of the most stable times in, in human civilization. Uh, prosperity is is blossoming globally. The free markets have made, you know, success possible even in the far reaches, far corners of the planet. Uh, you know, poverty is way down uh, Global Poverty, poverty in the United States, uh, you know, look at things like television prices, a 4K TV you can get for like two, three hundred bucks now. Um, that's that's bonkers. I mean, it's bonkers. The kind of luxuries you have. And I've touched on this on a previous episode, um, just how good we have it in America. Um, but even even globally, I mean, really in perspective to people who've come before us, you know, Think of the, the various empires that were conquering and invading each other, raping, pillaging. You know, it, that, that is not a world that, that the, uh, the idealists even want to consider. They don't even want to consider that it, it's possible. It could go right back to that. You go back to uh, nations conquering other nations. You think there aren't going to be women being raped and, and murders and villages set ablaze? I mean, it, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. So, you know, get some perspective, figure it out, and uh, I mean, I'm not ranting at you, but I'm just saying more at um, the people who don't understand it, the people who don't appreciate it, the people who don't realize how much of a powder keg we are sitting on. So on that note, uh, my name is Derek. This is the Freedom Warrior Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe, and I will catch you next time.